Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Well, welcome back. It is the Hot Stove Show, and the stove is actually hot this week here all across our network. However, you are joining us through the Twins' various social media platforms. This is the Twins' Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. And we are very excited this week to welcome to the Twins' Hot Stove Show and welcome to Twins Territory, one of the newest members of the Minnesota Twins, Longtime major leaguer. He's a World Series champ. He's an all-star. Strike three called, and Garver kept the bat on his shoulder. And from the windup, and the 0-2 got him. Strike three. Left-handed pitcher Jay Happ. So first and foremost, Jay, welcome to the Minnesota Twins and to Twins territory. Thank you so much. Really excited to be part of the organization. Now, it, on this very day, Pat Fitzgerald just got a 10-year extension uh, at Northwestern. So we figured we'd keep the, the theme going with you being the winningest Big league pitcher in Northwestern history. So it's been a good week for the Purple, huh? Hey, that's great news. I, I wasn't aware of that yet, but always hoping that that would happen. I know they, they love uh, him down there, and um, that's great. Let's talk a little bit about how you ended up in Minnesota. It is a hard-earned right for a baseball player to get to pick where they want to go. You've been through this a, a little bit before in your long and very successful career. Connect the dots for us in terms of why Minnesota? There are so many reasons players pick a spot. It can be geography. It can be family-related, ballpark-related, tax-related, uh, connections, whether it's a pitching guru or a front office member. Walk us through your process. Yeah, I think the two biggest things heading into a free agency for me the last couple times you know, have been what's the family situation going to be? How are they going to handle it? How does the organization treat families? Um, you know, And then do we – does that team have a chance to contend and compete and, and have a chance to make the playoffs and um, do some damage there? So, you know, and then you go down the line, you know, with other things, with location um, and things like that. And, you know, and then of course the team's got to sort of try to court you. They got to want you as well. So you can have your list, but if the, that team doesn't have interest, um, it's tough to make something happen. Luckily we were in a position where we both had mutual interest and, it's exciting for me because I've heard good things from other players who have been in the organization. And, um, you know, I think moving to a new division and coming back to the Midwest where I grew up in Illinois, um, you know, we just moved to Nashville, be on the same time zone. And, and then obviously the biggest thing was just how I've heard they treat families and how I think that our family will, will be welcomed and find a, a place to stay and, you know, just, enjoy Minnesota and what it has to offer. 
How do you go about vetting that? Because that's the hardest part, right? Now, you've been in the game a long time, and you know everybody from clubbies and equipment guys to other players. What is your process to try to figure out? Because everyone's going to tell you they're going to treat your family well. How do you make yeah. sure that that's a reality? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, talking to some former players and former staff members, you know, this game is pretty small circle. Guys kind of move around, and, you know, you're able to reach out and, um, you know, Obviously, I talked to some people, you know, from the twins, from the front office and the coaching staff. But then I was able to talk to some players that have played here and some other staff members that have moved on to other places. And everybody has nothing but great things to say. You mentioned that you want a chance to win. Now, you appeared in one game in 2007. And then in your first, we'll call it your first real year in the big leagues, you win the World Series. At that point in time, are you like, oh, this is easy. This is just what happens. You just show up and you get to play deep into October. I mean, uh, take us through how it started at that very high level. And then, you know, the continuing quest to get back all these years later, it, because obviously it's not as easy as just showing up and waltzing into October. Absolutely. I remember specifically some of the veterans and those teams telling me, you got to try to cherish this. There's guys that play their whole career to, not make the playoffs for a single game, let alone go to World Series. We went to back-to-back -back World Series, won one, lost one. Um, so, I, you know, I, those being my first two real years in the in the big leagues, I, you know, I do my best to take it in, but I don't know. And then, of course, I go to some other teams who had some tough years, and I realize that there's a big difference in winning culture and losing culture and the quality of life during that season. So that's why you sort of prioritize, you know, having a chance to win and trying to get back there. You realize how much fun it is after being, not being in the playoffs for several years. Jay Happ, left-handed starter. And Jay, we do this in baseball. We compare lefties to other lefties and whatnot. And there's certainly a lot to be learned from guys who throw with the other arm as well. But just scanning your career, you came up with guys like Moyer and Hamels. Uh, Cliff Lee at the peak of his powers, Mark Burley in Toronto, CeCe Sabathia, uh, when he had reinvented himself as a completely different guy. And that's just a handful of the lefties that you've been around. You were around Gary Cole's maybe best season in Pittsburgh, King Felix when he was rolling in, in, in Seattle. What kind of impact did that environment and those types of guys have on you? And obviously probably some that I've missed. Yeah, I've, you know, fortunately I've been able to play with a lot of uh, great exceptional pitchers and, you know, to learn from. And they all had their unique personalities. Some guys are very casual um, with their sort of um, approach or, or mental part. They just had the confidence. But the, the thing that really stood out, obviously, is, is the work ethic. And that's something that I really, you know, took to early on. Jamie Moore is a guy you mentioned, and he was on the other end, very focused, very serious took every throw that he threw, even in, even in playing catch very, very seriously. And he actually just reached out to congratulate me. And he's such a great guy still following to this day. Um, so he, he was, he was definitely a big mentor for me. Yeah. And you've certainly played for a lot of different guys. I imagine you've got some Charlie Manuels who will uh, always be a legend in the twins organization. You must have some great Charlie Manuel stories. Charlie's amazing, man. He was a guy who he, you know, he'd, he'd give us a speech and I'm not sure he knew where it was going to start or end, but I'll tell you what, by the end of it, we were, we would run through a brick wall for that guy. So, uh, you know, he just loved baseball and, you know, he was a great, he was uh, that was a fun sort of first managing in the big league experience for me. Um, that was awesome. When I look at, at the span of your career, I feel like you have played in the big leagues and succeeded in the big leagues 
over one of the most fascinating arcs of time in terms of how the game is approached. We've watched hitters change their approach to everybody trying to lift the ball in the air, the advent of the shift. You probably came up with everybody telling you you had to keep your fastball down. Now your fastball is supposed to be up. Uh, as you've stood on the mound trying to get guys out, the best in the world for over a decade, and you watch this evolution occur, do you just ride with it or do you find yourself trying to stay ahead of it? It's a constant, it's constant work to try to figure it out. You know, you touched on something there where I felt like I, I may have wasted a couple of years of my career trying to be a pitcher that maybe wasn't pitching to my strengths because the traditional pound down, pound down was the philosophy, um, you know, but that doesn't suit me, you know, maybe as well. Um, so I think I got to a point where I started to learn, all right, I'm getting guys out in it maybe a different way than, than everybody says it should go. Um, and that's when I feel like I sort of was able to take off a little bit and um, trying to still stick to that now. But as far as the evolution of the game and, and hitters are as good as they've ever been, uh, I think pitchers, you know, very similar, definitely throwing harder than they ever have. Um, so it's a constant battle. But, you know, in the end, again, it's going to be the combination of execution and then your stuff. I have to imagine uh, Wes Johnson has been in your ear since the day you put the pen on, on paper. He's a guy who loves to dig in. And as you said, he likes to look at what you do well and then try to make that even better. And we've seen guys who are already really, really good. Kenta Maeda, Jake Odorizzi get even better once they've arrived here in Minnesota and they've kind of combined forces. Have you and Wes had some, some deep dives into some usage conversations and he's talking biomechanics and recovery and uh, spin axis and all of his, his favorite touch points. Yeah, we, we've had some really good conversations. Fortunately, I was able to talk with him uh, before the signing to learn about him and how he likes to do things and sort of his approach. And he was asking me similar questions and it's going to be a lot of fun. I love his energy already and his positivity. Um, so we touched base the other day, getting ready for spring training and I'm looking forward to working with Wes. There are so many pockets of, of, I don't want to say theory, but kind of ways guys, pitchers work out where they work out in the off season that goes beyond the organization they're with. There are driveline guys. There are baseball ranch guys. There are Cressy guys. I know Cressy was in New York a little bit. Uh, do you fall into any of those categories? Are you just Jay Happ and you work with what you're doing and kind of sponging information from, from all comers? I've been trying to learn, you know, last off season was a different one for me. I, I spent a lot of time down in, um, you know, I've been lucky. I lived in, you know, the same area for the last five years where it's a close spring training was. So I was able to go into the complex, get specific work in with their trainers and, and all that. And I've tried to take all the, those training philosophies, kind of put my program together. That's what I base it off of. But as far as getting off the mound and the throwing program, I learned more about the Rapsodo and, and things like that and the spin axis and the technology out there. We worked a lot with that last year as I was trying to sort of mold some pitches coming into the 2020 season. So I have some familiarity with that. And, you know, I think with Wes's help, I can continue to sort of take a deeper dive into that. It's kind of a, a tightrope though, isn't it? Because you know who you are and you know what you do well. Do you almost have to make sure you don't overthink it and try to overcorrect something that's obviously very, very successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think now more than anything is, is trusting, you know, once you get out there, you got to compete. But I think some some things as far as making sure I'm in the right spot on the mound and feeling my body and just making sure the body prep is, is where it needs to be uh, to repeat my mechanics. I think that's kind of the bigger thing as you continue to, 
to evolve and, and pitch in this game for a while. Jay Happ is our guest on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Excited to add him to the Twins family this offseason as the Happ family will be uh, hopefully right at home here uh, in Twins territory this coming summer. You mentioned your work ethic. You mentioned durability. And that's one thing you've always had. Uh, not only success, but you answered the bell. Uh, and I know that the shape of what a starting pitcher looks like has been much discussed lately. How many innings we're going to use this guy in? The short compressed season, I think, even made that crazier a year ago. Do you still take great pride, though, in taking that ball every five days and saying, I'm, I'm here for 27 outs, I'm not just here for, for five and, and hand it over? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, showing up every fifth day, that you know, everything that I'm going to do during the season is to be put myself in the best position for that fifth day. And, uh, you know, to be able to do that year in and year out, that that is something I take tremendous pride in. And, you know, nobody, you know, crazy things happen. But as far as putting the work in to be ready, I feel like I'm as good as anybody at that. Uh, you also, by the way, have a big league home run to your credit. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you to this day remember the, the gory details of that day? I sure do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that was uh, that was down in Houston. And I think my first at bat, I flew out right to the warning track. I felt like I just missed it. And, uh, you know, luckily I got to swing away. I think at that time in, in uh, National League, a lot of time pitchers are trying to work the count and try to get that pitcher to throw some pitches. I think I got a chance to go ahead and try to jump him a little bit. And, and luckily I got him. <laughs> are you one of those guys who loves to hit? You got you keep the batting gloves in the front and center in the locker? You know what? At the time I did. It's been a while. I've been in the American League a long time. Um, and then jumping in, you know, in interleague play is tough because it you feel so overmatched. You know, it's it's hard. Um, you know, it's a challenging thing, but there is there's some fun to that. I managed to get a couple hits over the years in interleague play and get on bases and that part of it is fun. You mentioned you grew up in Illinois. Uh, you went to school Northwestern, of course. Were you multi-sport guy? Were you a Cub guy, White Sox guy? What was young Jay Happ like? Basketball was my first love. I love basketball. I, you know, my plan was to be in the NBA, go to college and play basketball. And um, I love baseball too, of course. I watched, you know, a lot of the Cubs and Braves, those the, the teams that were on the television, um, you know, and went to those games too. Um but yeah, you know, I think in high school, fortunately, I think I chose right to continue with baseball, and um, yeah, happy I did. Well, tell, give us a hoop scouting report. Were you a lefty, lefty on the wing? Good size, fill it up from deep, or what? Yeah, I was a lefty. You know, uh, I could handle the ball well. My dad was a good basketball player, and he always sort of taught me young. You got to be able to handle the ball no matter what size. I was I was tall to begin with, but he always wanted me to handle the ball, so. I could handle it coming down the court. I like to play on the wing. I didn't love to post up, but sometimes I did. Um, yeah, you know, for high school, I feel like I had a pretty good all-around all game. <laughs> we'll talk about one of your former teammates and hopefully future teammates again in Nelson Cruz, another big basketball guy, when we return with Jay Happ and talk a little bit more about the upcoming edition of the Minnesota Twins and some of the other moves they have made this week. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. Stick with us. More with Jay Happ coming up on your home for Twins Baseball. Chris Atterbury back with you here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. We'll have more from Jay Happ coming up momentarily. Want to remind you, though, check out twinsbaseball.com slash hot stove auction because we've got four auction items that are going to be on bid until the end of our program live here on Wednesday night. If you're re-listening to this program, uh, probably too late. 
But at the end of this program, we close the bidding. We've got a 91 World Series bundle. That bid is at $650 right now for the Twins Community Fund. A Byron Buxton jersey and ball. It's that sweet powder blue. That's at $225. A Josh Donaldson uh, baseball and bat. That's at $225. And a TC Bear birthday package at $200. Everything goes to the Twins Community Fund. So again, twinsbaseball.com slash auction. Now, there will also be this weekend a new uh, version of Twins Fest. It's Twins Virtual Twins Fest, brought to you by your local Northland Ford dealers, 9 to 4 on Saturday across all of these platforms uh, with a variety of content, including, well, including Justin Morneau chatting up Ryan Jeffers about hitting. And so your depth of contact, you know, another point for the kids that, that are watching, the ball, when you hit it to the opposite field, you catch it a little bit deeper in the zone, you catch it, you know, you saw it on anywhere from the back corner, that outside part of the plate. Now, as you move it more towards the middle and to the pull side, you move it further out because why? For me, I'm not sure. My swing shouldn't change just because it's a pitch down the way, more of the contact point. Obviously, you're going to get, like we worked on the one-hander, you're going to get a little, bit, a little bit of bend depending on the height, but the swing should stay generally the same. It's just going to be that contact point. The out-of-breath guy is Ryan Jeffers. He was in a batting cage near his home. Uh, Justin Morneau was joining him for this virtual hitting session, listening to Justin Morneau talk with anybody about hitting, especially somebody who loves to hit like Ryan Jeffers. Well worth your time. It's part of the Virtual Twins Fest, brought to you by your local Northland Ford dealers, 9 to 4 on Saturday. And again, you can find it uh, on all of the Twins social media channels. And there are so many different programs, including that conversation Check out twinsbaseball.com, look up Virtual Twins Fest, and you can find a full schedule to suit the events uh, to your uh, desires over the course of Saturday from 9 to 4. Now, it has not been all jolly across the baseball landscape. The last 10 months has been devastating in terms of the loss of really a whole generation of iconic figures in baseball. Hall of Famers alone, Phil Necro, Whitey Ford, Bob Gibson, Joe Morgan, Lou Brock, Al Kaline, Tom Seaver, Don Sutton, Tommy Lasorda, and most recently the legendary Hank Aaron all passing over the course of the last 10 months. The most recent and one that's going to hit people awfully hard is the loss of Hammer and Hank. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. That, of course, the voice of Vince Scully, Hank Aaron. Well, he was uh, integrity, uh, strength, uh, and a baseball legend personified, and he is gone way too soon, but his impact will be felt across the game and beyond forever. We'll take a break, come back one final segment with Jay Happ. You're listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Again, want to remind everybody it is your last chance here in the next five, six minutes to bid on those Twins auction items, the twinsbaseball.com slash hot stove auction uh, and we'll announce the winners next week. Right now, though, excited to welcome back Jay Happ, new Twins uh, member of the starting rotation. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show 
Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Now, Jay, as we're speaking, Nelson Cruz still has not uh, committed to, to find a home for the coming year. You played with Nelly in Seattle. You've played with Josh Donaldson, uh, a third baseman here in Minnesota, in Toronto. So it's not as if uh, you're walking into an environment that is entirely unfamiliar. Hopefully Nelly's there to greet you with his trademark smile. But your experience with those two, uh, those two mashers, uh, aside from the fact that being their teammate, mate, you didn't have to pitch to him. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, most recently I played with JD and uh, you know, obviously when, when he's on the field, that guy is, you know, MVP type caliber all the time. So, you know, we're hoping he's good and he's ready to rock for spring. Um, you know, he's, he's got a real good understanding of baseball and he, he can help other players too. And I think he likes to do that. Um, and Nelly, I played with him years ago, but I remember a lot of positivity from him and, uh, you know, a nice outgoing personality and you, you can't really argue the guy just continues to put up numbers year in and year out. Great work ethic from both those guys. And, um, yeah, excited JD will be here and, and hopefully Nelly will be back on board. Well, shortly after you signed the twins made another move and it hasn't become official, but the reports have a one-year deal for Shortstop Angelton Simmons, every pitcher in a Twins uniform just started smiling when they heard that news, right? Is that that's one of those when you start dreaming of him and Josh on the left side of the diamond and Buck and Kep in the outfield, I would imagine there's a lot of happy Twins pitchers. You are you hit it on the head right there. That's uh, I saw that the other day, hoping to see the official report. But man, I think uh, he's you know, Angelton's a guy from just viewing him from the other side, like he legitimately gets mad when a ball is just out of his reach. Like he, he goes after everything, you know, his glove and his bat and he comes to bring it every day. And I love those kind of players. So that would be really exciting. And, and just the, the fact that in this day and age where you're not sure where anybody's lining up on a, on a given day, we've gotten away from that because the advanced scouts are so good in terms of probabilities. I don't care where you line Simmons up. I think he still can get to all the spots. Can't he? It sure seems like it. I mean, uh, you know, just again, from the other side, it, he just, you know, he makes a play every series where you're just like, that's pretty absurd. That's just ridiculous. So, you know, if we're able to see him on a day in and day out basis, that's going to make for a fun season, I think. Are there other guys in the Twins clubhouse or on this staff that you've crossed paths with in the past, whether it be from your off seasons in Florida or uh, playing against them or, or maybe sharing some sort of other connection? Not that I recall. I think it's going to be fun in spring to get to know these guys. And that's, you know, another thing in spring training, we'll have the time to, you know, it just sort of happens naturally there with, with our drills set and, and day in and day out. So it'll be nice to go into the season, having an understanding of the squad and get to know everybody a little bit. You know, last year was played under such crazy circumstances and it put players and their families through so much to get those 60 games on the board. Talking with Taylor Rogers a couple of weeks ago, he said he felt that, that experience brought players even closer together, even though a lot of the typical player hangout time was, was different or had to be done in a different and socially distant way. Do, do you feel that as well, that kind of being in such a crazy cauldron together uh, uh, brought players even closer together than, than before? I definitely think there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, there was, first of all, I just think, you know, across the board, people did a great job of, sort of adapting to the new normal and, and following guidelines and being smart. And, um, but at the same time, there were still, you know, guys went outside on the field a little earlier and talked in the field, guys spread out in the 
in the lunchroom and our tables are all six feet apart and, you know, being responsible, but having conversations and, and lingering maybe a little bit longer than before. But um, so I think there's some truth to that for sure. Last question for you, Jay. And again, Jay Hap, kind enough to give us some time. What is your month look like now between now and reporting to Fort Myers? What, where are you throwing wise and, and what are you looking to accomplish before you head down to your first spring training as a twin? Well, we'll try to get off the mound. I think probably another six or eight times before camp opens. Um, you know, I got another bullpen scheduled for tomorrow and then we're going to just kind of keep rolling, make sure things are feeling good. And, um, you know, just try to be ready to rock when we get down there. Um, a big thing for us is trying to find housing down there. So we're in the process of setting that up. And and once we get that nailed down, we'll have a better idea of the timeline. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you in the Twins uniform, Jay. It's been great getting to help introduce you to Twins territory. And can't wait to see you down in Fort Myers. And uh, it's all summer long here at Target Field. Appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. That's Jay Hap, veteran left-hander and uh, going to be one of the big anchors in this Twins rotation we're going to call it a show. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer as we inch closer at long, long last baseball in the sun of Fort Myers coming up less than a month from now. For all of us and however you're listening to our program, so long. See you next time right here on your home for Twins Baseball. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.